Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. It is Sunday night, February 21st, the year of our Lord, 2021, jam-packed. We could have gone three hours tonight if we wanted to. Some of you actually positioned that we did do that. Uh, We can't do that. Some people around here, including myself, have bedtimes, but we could easily go two full shows. Don't ever let anyone tell you it is the off-season, because it's not an off-season. It doesn't exist. Off-season's not real. I said it, so I'll find myself. We've got transfer portal news to talk about, not just Who's going in? Who's coming out? It's a big week here. At 24-7, it's a big week because we have a new product we'll unveil tomorrow, bright and early, depending on where you are. You may still be asleep when it goes live. Going to be exciting. I think it is huge. It is sort of an inflection point within the college football world itself, whether you're on our side of the fence or the actual coaching world side of the fence. We will discuss that to lead off the show tonight. I will also talk in much greater detail about something I've been kind of back and forth with a few of you about um, off the record as well as on Twitter publicly about the evolution of coaching staffs. You see on the full screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, it just says the evolution of coaching staffs. Well, when you think coaching staff, you think running back coach, special teams coordinator, offensive coordinator. I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking about a full staff, everything from player personnel departments to graphics and design. It's rapidly evolving. That that word, evolution, very important here because I think there may be jobs for some of you who want to get into this world that didn't exist five years ago, that certainly do now and will even more exist five years down the road. And what I'm trying to tell you is a lot of you who have always dreamed of being in college football in some shape, form, or fashion and never thought you could, you probably can. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to give you four or five examples. I'm going to give you names whose stories you can go read about yourself that will probably prove otherwise. We've got North Carolina Mood Tracker tonight. It is right there with Arkansas as having been the most requested program Mood Tracker that we do. And so tonight's the night we are going to do that. And we're also going to talk about Iowa State. And we're going to talk about how some people, myself included, love what they're doing in Ames, Iowa, love Matt Campbell, love everything about the program. There are other people out there who don't. I won't go as far as to say hate, but there are a lot of people out there who aren't crazy about Iowa State. It has nothing to do with Iowa State football. It has a lot more to do with principle, the old overarching nature. And um, I'll, I'll sum that up for you probably in a way that may hit a lot closer to home for even those of you who aren't Cyclone fans. So we are um, about to dive in. want to remind you, we are like, I think, a couple of dozen people away from 13,000 on Twitter, at Late Kick Josh. Uh, head over there and follow me because when we top every thousand on the dot, we are going to do a very, very interactive feature. We're looking forward to it. We already got it ready. You know, I said hit the benchmark, though, so we got to wait until the benchmark's hit, which may be done by tonight. 
and it's gonna be somewhere between five, 10, 15 of you. It's gonna be live. Well, we're gonna record it as live, and then we are going to post it. It's gonna be a video product. It's gonna be Q&A, back and forth. Um, it's gonna be really fun. I don't know how long it's gonna be. It's gonna be very relaxed, no format. We call it the jazz-based model. We know when we start, we know when we finish, and everything in between is just make it up on the fly. So we're looking forward to that. So make it happen, at Late Kick Josh on Twitter. Let's dive in tonight, because we got a we got a very, very wide-ranging show this evening. So just take a breath. Sit back, relax, wherever you are, and let's talk some college football. The transfer portal has been very active. I think that much is obvious. There's been an amazing transition within the college football ecosystem and the college football calendar just over the last five years. Think about what we've had come in the room. We've had the early signing period come in the room. We've had the transfer portal become a much bigger deal. I mean, there were always transfers, but you understand the difference between once upon a time transfers and now the transfer portal. And... We felt it coming. So as a company, let's say 24-7, or as a coaching staff, if you're at any random program, you felt this thing coming last year, but now it's been like a tidal wave, and it's just overtaken the beach, and now a lot more people, we've listened to you, trust me, here at 24-7 at least, we've listened to you when you say, hey, I, as a consumer, I, as a fan, I care even more about the transfer portal by February than I do the second signing day. Well, uh, that brings us to tomorrow. So tomorrow morning, we will unveil the 24-7 Sports Transfer Portal Player Rankings. This has been a multi-week effort. This has been a very heavy lift because you got a lot of people involved, a lot of moving parts, a lot of names coming in and going out of the portal. Uh, this is really good, though, because here's what happens. What happens now is we sort of do the same thing that I think a lot of athletic departments are realizing they have to do, and that is stop hitting the off button on grading players once they get to college. Just the same as college football programs are realizing we need a college scouting department for if and when some of these guys go in the portal, got to do the same thing here. And so tomorrow morning, you'll see it on 247sports.com. You'll see those transfer portal rankings. Um, it's really important. And it's also important to note, this is not just a reminder of what DeMarcus Bowman, let's say, was rated when he came out of high school and went to Clemson. This is an updated player rating. So here's what you'll be able to do. I think some of you are already, you know, licking your lips and rubbing your hands together. What you get to do now, if you're, let's say, an Oklahoma fan and you see that you guys signed the number 11 class on the recruiting trail, the traditional recruiting trail, but then you know, hey, man, we got Eric Gray, we got Wanya Morris, we got Key Lawrence. Like, why don't we add those names to the recruiting ranking? Because we think we have like a borderline top five class if you look at it that way. This will allow you to do just that. So a tidbit, I can't give it away. We will release it tomorrow morning. But uh, one of the tidbits that I looked at, because, hold on, I don't want to lie to you. Okay, right now, I have the rankings in front of me. Um, going to be a good day for Florida. I don't think anyone doubted that. But also, there are 18 players uh, in this portal, in these portal rankings that are rated 90 or higher. Like, there are so many impact players that either were in the portal and have gone to a different program or will still be in the portal in all likelihood tomorrow morning. So I cannot stress enough how important this is. And consider just how close the margins are. Let's take Florida. I just mentioned the Gators. Let's take Florida versus Georgia. Any given year, it seems like point spread on that game is touchdown or less. So think about the one possession type razor thin margins you get at any level, any tier of college football on a given Saturday. Think about what difference Eric Gilbert or a player of his ilk could make in a game like that. Think about the difference that, you know, Brenton Cox, who, who transferred from Georgia to Florida. Think about the difference he made. So I just want to, I want to stress that because this is going to be something big that we talk about moving forward. So Chris Hummer, 
put out a really, really good piece last week, and it was just kind of a synopsis of here's what's happened in the transfer portal so far. If you were burnt out on college football, and for whatever reason you decided after the championship game, we, I just need to take January off. I need to go focus on my family. I just remembered I have children. I have a job. Let me get caught up on all that, that ancillary stuff, but now I'm back at the table. Tell me what I've missed. Well, Chris Hummer did just that, and so that's on 247sports.com still, but I just want to remind you, there's some big names still out there, like Henry Toa Toa. So one of the best linebackers in the country, transferring from Tennessee, he hasn't landed anywhere yet. And it was thought that maybe, oh, he's going to go back to the West Coast. Well, Hank South, man, Hank South's been on a roll this month over at BamaOnline.com. Some would argue he's been on a roll his entire life, but I can specifically vouch for the past month, they've had some scoop over there. And among the best of the scoop was Hank South hooking up with Henry Toa Toa's dad, and his dad did not mince words. His dad essentially told Hank South, well, we want him to go to Alabama. Nick Saban is advising us on what we should do. It, this has got to be a great place to be if you're Nick Saban. So Nick Saban is advising us on what to do. He told us, wait, let's see how the transfer rule works out. And if it doesn't work out, you probably need to go back home. But if it does work out, you need to come here. So essentially what we have right now is we have a former five-star linebacker in Henry Toatoa, and we have the head coach at Alabama. Uh, he's going to let him know. He's going to let him know when it's okay to come to Alabama. That, so that's the state of affairs there right now. But that's just one thing that's going on that it's going to impact this upcoming season. That is a bona fide all-American caliber linebacker that could just plop right down in Tuscaloosa. He, you know, could be there. He'll fit in. But he could be there this next year. Circle back to Florida, though. So the guys like Eric Gilbert, he's going to be way up there in the rankings. I'm looking at him right now. I know this is a big spoiler. Eric Gilbert's going to be ranked pretty high in the transfer portal rankings. They got DeMarcus Bowman. I mean, we're talking about instant impact players at the tight end spot, the flex wide receiver tight end spot. We're talking about an impact running back there. And here was my immediate thought. If I'm waking you up from your January coma and I'm waking you up in mid-February and I'm telling you, hey, you know who Florida got? Who? Eric Gilbert. Who else? Demarcus Bowman. My immediate thought is, well, they just addressed a need on third and one versus Georgia and they addressed a need on third and eight versus Georgia. It's the difference in games, guys. It is the difference in razor thin margins that could dictate the SEC East, for example. This, by the way, is not an SEC prediction show for this upcoming year, but I mean, it, it's taken the days. Here's what the transfer portal is rapidly doing. It's taken those days of looking at how a team's recruiting and has recruited and then looking at what they have coming up in the next class and being able to project what their roster is going to look like two years from now. It's taken those days and it's just thrown them in the trash. I mean, think about what Dan Mullen just did. He just boom, boom, landed five stars all over the place. Not on the recruiting trail. I mean, they've done that, but in the transfer portal. It means you have to pay attention. This is one of the reasons it's not just a marketing slogan, although we could very well slap it on a T-shirt. There is no off-season. This stuff's happening year-round now. They have completely rezoned January and February. It used to be solidly high school recruiting. Now there's some, there's some light finishing touches on the high school recruiting picture. It's hardcore transfer portal time. We've also seen this year... The coaching carousel doesn't necessarily stop right when the national championship game stops. That thing's still been going too. So I'm really excited about this because like I said with Oklahoma, you know, when you see these rankings unveiled tomorrow, Oklahoma fans are going to look at that and say, well, let's do some, some quick math here and let's look at what these players are rated now. And let's just pretend we added them to this last class. Does this border on a top five class? They would argue it does. I would not disagree with them. Miami is a team sneaking around here. We're always asking and will later in this show tonight. Hey, who's, who's taking a step into that number two spot? Looks like it 
maybe North Carolina, Miami, you're going to show up. Well, it helps to get guys come back closer to home like Tyreek Stevenson, former five-star guy from South Florida, one of like three or four dozen per cycle, it seems. Defensive back, went to Georgia, comes back home. Charleston Rambo. Some of you may not realize Charleston Rambo from Oklahoma. Wide receiver, also transferred to Miami. And one team's spoils of riches is, is another team's big-time get here. And so, and the other one that I'm just really, really fascinated by, and I know a lot of you Florida State fans are paying attention, is Mackenzie Milton, who was at UCF, horrific injury, goes down. And I think a lot of people sort of forgot about him last year because he was rehabbing, and you had a guy in Dylan Gabriel step in, and, and everything was okay at Central Florida. Well, Milton has transferred, and he is now at Florida State. Some of you may not realize that. That may be, that may be news to some of you. Well, the big question mark there, the 10-pound question mark is, well, how, how far along is he in his rehab? How close back to 100% could he get? The answers to these questions, they're not going to be the difference in some cases between going 6-7 and seven and 7-6. Seven and some of these answers could be the difference in going 8-4 and four and winning a division somewhere. The transfer portal, not only is it here to stay, not only better you get used to it. If you're a fan, it doesn't really matter whether you get used to it or not, but I would advise you to if you want to sound smart around the water cooler. But some of these coaching staffs, man, think about that. And there are new, there are new personnel departments that are rising as we speak. You know, there are construction workers all over the place figuratively building these new personnel departments, which I'm about to talk about here for that very reason. Transfer portal. Learn it and then learn to love it. Speaking of that, so I want to transition here. We could kind of just extend this segment, but this is a different segment. So we'll, all right, there's the clean cut. There's an inflection point happening right now in college football. And you notice it if you're just watching on Saturdays. You really notice it if you're a hardcore fan and you follow it 24-7, 365. But there are many changes and they're happening simultaneous. Uh, some of them are intersecting with each other. Some, some are just congruent to each other, but there's a lot going on. And it just feels like tectonic plates moving around. I think the last time we felt something uh, this significant was probably back when, you remember when you'd wake up every morning about five years ago and there were new rumors about conference expansion and this team's going to land here and that team's going to land there a little bit more than five years ago. Uh, But that's what it feels like right now. It's just a different feel. It's a different story. But right now you have, you know, a lot of transfer portal that's changing the sport. You got a lot of, well, we've got um, name, image, and likeness coming down the pike that's changing the sport. Here's the feedback I get a lot, and this is where it ties into you watching or listening to this right now. Whenever I talk to a lot of folks coming out of college or maybe a lot of folks who are in their early 30s and you're doing a job right now and it's just it's paying the bills, but you've always dreamed about working in some shape, form or fashion in college football. But because you didn't play college football or, or your, your dad doesn't know anyone or you don't know how to draw up the, uh, the inside trap on a grease board, you don't think that there's a place for you in the sport. And I'm telling you, you're probably wrong. There probably is a place for you. If you have the requisite talent, if you have the drive and determination, there probably is a spot for you right now, even though you don't think you're qualified. And so the traditional lanes may be clogged. If, if you want to be the linebackers coach for Auburn, it may be a steep climb to get there. But there are way more lanes opening up right now, and they're those express lanes where if you're sitting in traffic and then everyone's flying by you over here, you think, man, I wish I could be in that lane, but I didn't buy the pass. Don't have to buy a pass. Uh, you just have to do the right things and keep your nose down. But what am I talking about? All oh, that sounds great, and that, that's rainbows and sunshine. I'm going to give you some actual examples here. I would encourage you to go look these names up and look these stories up in your own time. So Brian Carrington is one of about four or five names I want to bring up to you here. Brian Carrington 
Let me tell you where he was seven years ago. First, the guy was working in Olive Garden. He was working, I think, at Sam's Club in Olive Garden seven years ago. So Tom Herman is at Houston at that point. And Brian Carrington, all that guy really knows is, man, I want to I wanna get in college football. Like, I think I can do it. I love it. It wouldn't feel like a job to me. I think I'd be good at it. And so he just starts lighting Tom Herman up, starts sending him letters. And they were understaffed at Houston at the time. And so Tom Herman says, all right, man, shut up. Come on, come on. I'll put you on the staff. Well, then he elevates to assistant director of player personnel there. Well, Tom Herman goes to Texas. Guess who he brought with him? Who ended up being the director of recruiting at Texas? That would be Brian Carrington. And then after this last year, there's a coaching change there. Sark comes in. Brian doesn't really know anybody at Texas. USC came calling. And you know what they gave him an opportunity to do? Not only did they bring him out there to beef up the recruiting infrastructure, they gave him an on-field spot as an analyst. And so Brian Carrington goes from Olive Garden seven years ago, wanting to be in college football, to now the dude's out there coaching during practice at USC, and also uh, in a lot of ways running the recruiting operation. I don't care what his name tag says. Uh, that guy, if he's not doing it right now, he will be doing it in very short order. That's a name that a lot of people have had their eyes on. But my point is, that wasn't a 15 or 20 year, you know, long, a hard road to the top. Guy was in Olive Garden seven years ago. Will Stout. I'm going to give you some really young names here. Will Stout, also at USC. USC's been making some good moves off the field. They've been making some really good moves. You remember in 2019, remember when LSU went on that run to the national championship game? And in a lot of ways, they were revolutionizing offense at LSU and, and also in the SEC. You watched that. But I'll tell you what a 15 or 16-year-old prospective athlete saw. He saw that LSU was really owning the video world and the social world. And the reason they were doing that was in part due to guys like Will Stout. So Will Stout at that point was in college at LSU. He was he was a, a kind of a student director of graphics and design and video. And they were knocking it out of this world. They were just doing some things differently than people had done before. And it was appealing. It was really, they were owning the Saturday morning slot, the hype videos, the, the during the week practice videos. They just looked different than what anyone else had done. Well, it was really good. I mean, they, they were getting so much bang for their buck in terms of marketing. However much they were being paid down there, it wasn't nearly enough. Well, USC came calling there too. USC looked around and said, maybe we don't have that in-house, but let's just go to Baton Rouge. Let's get him. Let's pay him. And so Will Stout, now you think, what, 30, 35 years old? Guy graduated from college in 2020, and I'm looking at the eye, Josh, and it's set. Colin, this thing says 2021 right now, and it's not all that old. So that's a guy one year out of college who is, uh, I, I don't doubt at all, doing very well for himself financially and is in a role that wasn't even prioritized at USC five years ago. Barton Simmons, to shift gears here, was sitting right next to me about 15 minutes ago doing a signing day show. Do you know what he does now? Barton Simmons is the general manager of Vanderbilt football now. Well, how in the world did that happen? Since when were, since when were head coaches in the SEC or the Power Five level taking guys who worked in the world of, of online recruiting and putting them in a general manager position? Well, if you know recruiting and you know the evaluation game and you got an extensive network of contacts and you know the high school scene, you speak the recruiting and college football language. Barton, I mean, allegedly he played at Yale. I've yet to be sent video of it, but he played at Yale. That is an alternative route, but yet a route that I guarantee you haven't seen taken for the last time because the way this normally happens is one school will do it. And no other program wants to be first. Like no other program wants to be the first to hire a guy from the world of, you know, 24-7 sports recruiting to work in their athletic department. But then once one of them does it, you know what else they don't want to do? They don't want to be the third program to do it. Don't want to be first. Don't want to be third. 
So now you'll see a rush. And now you'll see a lot of folks from our world get more looks. So you got you got graphics and design. You got Brian Carrington sending letters to Tom Herman. He's working at Olive Garden. He just wants to get in somehow. You got Barton working in this world, and all of a sudden the dude's uh, he's got a new address about ten minutes up the road. Works at Vanderbilt now. I'm not even done yet. There's another name you've never heard this one. Ian McFarlane, Thursday I believe it was Georgia Tech named this guy brand manager. That's not a role that was around five years ago. In a lot of ways, it's still not a role that's around at most Power Five programs. Let me give you his resume. Worked in graphics and design at Louisville. He ran social media at Notre Dame. He was a student graphics and design sort of intern at North Texas in 2017, 18, and 19. And he graduated college in 2019. Dude's two years out of college. He is now the brand manager for Georgia Tech. What is that, by the way? Well, it's a guy who essentially is in charge with presenting Georgia Tech to the world. And Jeff Collins understands that second he walked in, the reason he got my attention so quickly and the reason he's gotten a lot of people's attention down there is because he walked in and said, hold up, we're not located in, in Lowndes County. We're not, we're, not, we're not located in Bainbridge. This is Atlanta. There's just no knock on Lowndes or Bainbridge, by the way. But this is Atlanta. Why aren't people associating Georgia Tech with Atlanta more? That's why you see 404 plastered every single place they go, everything they do. They got a 404 all over the place and a little yellow jacket emoji sometimes. That's the area code for Atlanta. Uh, if you're old enough there to have the right area code, that's the real area code. And so now Atlanta, synonymous with Georgia Tech, Atlanta, Georgia Tech, Atlanta. This is going to be a mainstay. Within three years, if you don't have that role in your athletic department, your football program, you're a dinosaur. Ian McFarlane graduated college 2019. He is now the brand manager for Georgia Tech. Here's one that's really interesting. This is one Bruce Feldman from The Athletic reported on yesterday. I want to say it was yesterday, just Saturday. Keith Sanchez. It's another name you may not recognize. Uh, some people who are really close to LSU probably recognize him. He was a personnel analyst. That's what he was doing. Uh, one of several. All the big programs have a small army of those types of analysts. So Bruce Feldman reports yesterday he's leaving LSU. Not on bad terms. He's leaving to enter law school. This was part of the quote. Uh, this was Keith Sanchez talking to Bruce Feldman. He said, it's the best right now that I go to law school so I could be in position and credentialed to handle what's coming next. He's talking about NIL. And I was on the phone myself well over an hour, actually, with a lawyer uh, that, that is specifically isolated in that world last week, uh, last week, two weeks ago. Uh, this is the right move. You guys want to be involved with that. In fact, let me tell you, if you already have a law degree, you are 10 steps ahead. If you have a law degree or you have a degree in economics and you love college football, sky's the limit for what you could do in this industry right now. But also marketing, sky's the limit for what you could do in this industry right now. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. You think that there's, there's a line out the door. There's not. These are major programs, and yet there is a shortage of elite, professional, qualified folks who want to go into that world. Because right now, people with law degrees and economics degrees and marketing degrees, they don't think, I want to go work for the University of South Carolina. They don't think that route's possible. They think only football people can go work for football programs. If you're a marketer, if you're an economist, if you're a lawyer, you are a football person in today and tomorrow's game. So pay attention to these stories because these are the stories of the people that you'll be watching documentaries on five years from now. You know, folks who overcame odds, folks who blazed their own trail. It happens in our world all the time. It's happening in the actual football world too. So if you've given up hope, I had an itch on my nose. If you're giving up hope, don't give up hope. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's go the Mood Tracker route. We have been uh, probably about two dozen programs into the Mood Tracker now. This is far and away, uh, it's been like a grand slam times two. It's far and away been our most popular segment that we've done so far here. North Carolina's Mood Tracker is what we're doing tonight. And along with Arkansas, like I told you to lead the show, this has been our most requested program to do a Mood Tracker on. And the Mood Tracker, I remind you about every fourth or fifth program, the Mood Tracker is just us, you know, saying open wide and we stick the thermometer in the mouth and we watch our we watch our uh, stopwatch here. Okay, beep, beep, beep. We take it out and we just look at what the mood is around the program. Now, I went over to InsideCarolina.com today and there is a very, very active thread over there, even to this very moment as we're on air, because I'm looking at it on my screen right now. And I just go, as I sometimes do, and I say, hey, what in one word or phrase is your current mood? I'm asking folks on the message board there, what is your mood towards North Carolina football? So some of the best responses or the most popular responses, a lot of people are thrilled, ecstatic, hungry, finally, just one word, finally, and then our turn, our time, overly confident. So how did I sum that up? Here's how I summed it up. It's just run as fast as you can. Just run. I think one of the most important life lessons that you and I learned from the movie Jurassic Park, well, the most important lesson was life finds a way. But the second most important life lesson from Jurassic Park is you got to know when to run. You remember Robert, who was the guy that just walked around looking like a safari guide, the whole, the whole movie. And then you had Ellie, who was the paleobotanist. And so if you'll remember in Jurassic Park, you got you got Robert, and then you got Ellie, and they got to walk straight through that forest through, well, they got to walk through a forest full of velociraptors is what they have to do. And so one of them chooses to tiptoe his way, because he's got a gun, and he's hunted these things his whole life. He's raised them. And then the other one just decides to run. Which one survived? Ellie survived. And she ended up with Samuel L. Jackson's arm severed on her shoulder, but she did survive. Now, Robert, he gets devoured because he he tiptoed. He was very, he was very hesitant. You know, he didn't want to make any noise. Well, that's not what North Carolina's attitude is right now. Their mood is, we're just going to run. You know, you, you got a Raptor out here. You got Clemson. But see, we've already faced them. See, you know, they would be like if Robert, when he went up against the Raptor, if he got a couple of shots on the jaw of the Raptor before the Raptor bit him, that's kind of what Carolina was able to do to Clemson. They played him a couple of years ago. See, see, Miami, Miami got knocked out when they played Clemson this past year. Carolina got them two years ago and nearly beat them. I was in Auburn's press box. I was watching the game, and they're down there trying to go for two and win the game. It was 21 to 20. That was the final. But I say all that to remind you, when Mac Brown walked in the door here, when he showed up, he didn't feel anything out. And that's kind of the way of the world in the ACC right now. Everyone sort of sort of look around the room and say, are you, are you going to do anything? Uh, okay. It's like everyone, everyone waiting for a line to form at the buffet. Well, Mac Brown walked in, and he looked around and said, no one's going to go. I'll go. Clemson's already gone through here five times. I'll go. They didn't feel anything out. There was an immediate recruiting impact. They immediately took Clemson to the wire, as I said, not in his fourth or fifth year, but in his first year. They didn't wait in line, and they didn't let the ACC define them. You know, when I think sometimes subconsciously, if you're in a division like uh, the SEC West, 
you understand that you're constantly fighting to keep your nose above water because everyone or just about everyone can beat you any given week, like even Arkansas, who you presume is going to be at the bottom of the division. No, man. Even, even Mississippi State, who you presume is going to be at the bottom of the division. Well, play them opening weekend in Baton Rouge. See how close to the bottom of the division they are. It doesn't feel that way in the ACC, whether it is or not. It doesn't feel that way. And so sometimes folks have a tendency to sort of ease into the ACC, sort of ease into that role. That's not what Mac Brown did. And here's the other, the other couple of bullet points that you really need to know about Carolina if you haven't been paying attention. And this is what has people so excited. It doesn't feel very paper tigerish. It doesn't feel like it's cotton candy but no steak because of two things. Number one, they've got quarterback figured out now. They got Sam Howell, but they've got quarterback figured out in the future, unless, you know, injury or something happens. They got Drake May, who was committed to Alabama, and they convinced to decommit and come there. And speaking of decommitments and recruiting, look at what they did this past cycle. Look at what they have been doing and what they're in the process of doing. I mean, they, they're in a very talent-rich area. The Carolinas is sort of a perennially underappreciated area because it doesn't seem like one program is just totally dominated over there. Clemson's done good. Georgia's done good. Bama's gone in there occasionally. But Carolina said, not this year. You want to have some fun? I don't have it off the top of my head, but go look at their signing class this past cycle, the 2021 cycle. And it'll be easier for you to count how many kids didn't come from the state of North Carolina. I think they got one from South Carolina. They got like a hundred of them from North Carolina. But it's, it's also a sneaky good place that's becoming a destination for coaches to go. That's important. You know, everyone's looked at what Dabo has at Clemson and they said, Good for him, man. He's got this this magic formula up there, secret elixir that no one wants to leave. Now, that's obviously due in large part to the culture they've instilled there. It's a nice place to live. That entire area is a nice place to live. Chapel Hill, North Carolina and the surrounding area is an incredible place to live. Listen, if you got if you got some truth serum in a bunch of coaches in the in the college football world, a bunch of them would tell you, uh, hey, if all things were equal, if that place offered me an opportunity to compete at the highest levels, I would have gone there a long time ago. It's just Carolina hasn't been there for a while. North Carolina hasn't really been a player. They're a player now. And so I'm not talking about any guys that are about to leave, but when they have a slot to fill on that coaching staff, it's not going to stay open for very long. And Mac Brown is going to have his choice of a lot of really, really qualified candidates coast to coast. So as it pertains to this year, I think all eyes are turning to just the defensive side of the ball in general. Jay Bateman's the coordinator there right now. Here's the luxury he has. He knows they're going to score. And so when you watch them this year, there were some big moments where they couldn't, they couldn't get stops, but also they weren't really forcing you to work all that hard. They don't need to be top 10 in the country in like yards per play or anything like that. It'd be nice. But what Jay Bateman has to do, and they got a lot of guys coming back this year. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's overrated. What they have to do is they got to find a way to turn the ball over, and they have to be situationally great. They don't have to be statistically great. They need to be situationally great. That's what uh, you know. programs in the past that have gone on to do big things but didn't necessarily have elite defenses, if you look at the situationals, those data points, you're going to find as you dive in a little bit deeper than just you know total yards per game, total points per game, you're going to find an area or two they shined in. Normally, it's turnovers and red zone efficiency. Forcing threes instead of sevens, that kind of deal. That's what they got to figure out a way to do. So North Carolina, I did not have a single person even offer up so much as a breath of trepidation when we were talking about them today. So there is unbridled optimism and excitement. It's just time to run for North Carolina. Last thing I wanted to get to tonight, 
Uh, so I'm talking over the weekend, talking to someone in the coaching world, and they mentioned something to me that I haven't really considered yet. What do you think about Iowa State football? You know my love for Iowa State is well pronounced, but let me ask you this. So it, it's this popular question everyone asks about everything these days. So I'm going to mockingly ask it about Iowa State. Are the Cyclones good or bad for college football? Is Matt Campbell, is he good or bad? Is it best for the health of the sport for Iowa State to exist? Well, I'm talking to someone over this past week, and he said something, you know, I really hadn't thought about from this angle. He said, yeah, everyone pretends they love Iowa State, but the deeper you get into the administrative world and the deeper you get into the coaching world, what if I told you some folks secretly have disdain in their heart for Iowa State? I knew where he was going as soon as he brought it up. But just to humor me, I said, go ahead, continue. And he said exactly what I thought he was. So let me first establish this. There are many reasons to love Iowa State. I love them. I love them. It is well pronounced. I don't try and hide it. I love the energy. I love the passion. I love the game day atmosphere. The community there, it feels a lot like a really, really, really big high school in some cases, which is how college football, by the way, is supposed to feel. It's just like a high school football uh, atmosphere and a collectedness community uh, kind of on, I don't want to use that analogy because that's poor and it'll be soundbited on me. You know, it's just really, really, it's really an emphasized high school feel. But there are several reasons why you should like what Iowa State is. Because everything that most people I talk to say they want college football to be, hey, that's what Iowa State is. You've got the energy. you got the fan investment. you got the passion. It's kind of isolated, like Ames, Iowa. We're, we're not talking about Minneapolis or Detroit. It's a very small town feel. But yet, you've got everything that you want there. And this is a program. They don't have infinite resources, as I'm about to talk about in a second. They just get the job done. So it feels great. Yeah, by the way, look at this. How in the world can you not love the merchandising opportunities that you have at Iowa State? I, I would wear this to church next Sunday morning. If you give me khakis and a nice pair of dress shoes, I'd wear that to church. It's no coincidence that when Hulk Hogan took over the 80s, he did it wearing all red and yellow. And I would put that on every poster in Ames, Iowa, if I ran the marketing department up there. But you ask yourself, okay, that's all well and good. You said that there are reasons not to like them, though. No, I'm not giving you any reasons. I'm telling you there are reasons why some people don't like them. And I'm not talking about Iowa Hawkeye fans, and I'm, ta- I'm not talking about programs in the Big 12. you got your own reasons. You have to compete against them. Here's the reason some people don't like Iowa State. Iowa State shatters what we on Late Kick refer to as the window mirror theory. And the window mirror theory has been simply this. There are many programs, uh, much, much more resourced, let's say, than Iowa State, who will look you in the eye, and look their fan bases in the eye, and they'll tell you, it's not our fault we're not winning. This system, this college football system, this complex, it's built to keep us down. It's built to benefit only the big few, and it's meant to keep us down. And Iowa State ruins that for a lot of people. And the reasons they give, you know the reasons. If, if, you're, if you're a Texas fan, or not a Texas fan, you know, they're, they're really the outsider. Think about tier three type teams. Lower tier two, tier three type teams. They'll tell you, we don't have the money. Our facilities aren't as good as the top teams. Or our staff is not as big. We can't go get recruits. Think about all those reasons. Don't have the money. Don't have the facilities. Not as big a staff. We can't go get the recruits. I want you to think about all that as I tell you, Iowa State had $51 million in total athletic department revenue in 2019. $51 million. As a comparison, Texas had $223 million. No revenue, huh? Uh, facilities. Our Brad Crawford does a top 25 college football facility rankings every year. Iowa State is yet to crack the top 25 there. Don't have the facilities. Staff. Iowa State staff, their size, 
Their analyst department, fractional to the likes of a Clemson or an Alabama or a Georgia or a Texas. You want recruiting classes. You need the recruits to win. Okay. Uh, The past four recruiting classes at Iowa State, 59th, 46th, 46th, 55th this past cycle. And yet their records the past four years have been eight and five, eight and five, seven and six, nine and three this past year, played for the Big 12 championship, minus three turnovers, I would argue could have won the game. And then they went on to win the Fiesta Bowl. Here is why a lot of people don't like Iowa State. They look at the results there, and then all of a sudden, what they're telling you is the problem out the window. They're pointing out there, their fan base all of a sudden looks and they they see this program in Ames, Iowa, doing a lot more than their team is doing with fractions of the resources their team has. And all of a sudden, they take the window and they say, stop looking out the window. Go look in the mirror. Because this team up in Iowa has basically shattered the window they're slowly making us realize the problem with our athletic department, the problem with our our football program, it's not college football. It's not the complex that's built against us. We've just made really bad hires. And then we've added more bad hires. And we've got people making decisions around here that don't need to be making decisions. But that's murky. That you got to really roll up your sleeves and dive in. It's a lot easier to just say, well, you know, college football these days, we're never going to be able to compete. Yeah, well, they're going to be in Ames, Iowa, one of the favorites to make the playoffs this year. They're going to be one of the favorites to, to compete for and maybe win a Big 12 championship. And so there's this old adage, Jim Ross used to say it all the time in WWF, you cannot sell goods from an empty cart. And a lot of folks have really fancy looking carts. And they're, they're, they got sparkles all over it. And boy, that, that cover on the back, probably alone. No, no telling how much that's worth. Look at these wheels. And then we got backup wheels for those wheels. It's a smooth ride. Look at the yoke. Anything could pull this. We could put a Dodge Ram in front of it. You don't have anything in the cart. You don't have anything to sell. You cannot sell goods from an empty cart. Iowa State, conversely, they just trot along. It's not the most expensive cart in the world. Uh, you probably wouldn't look at it and envy it. But what's inside... You know, when Matt Campbell talks about that culture over five-star, well, it's nice to have five-star talent. It's nice to have the facilities. It's nice to have the army of analysts. But a lot of folks probably look at Alabama and think Alabama wins cause of that. No, they don't. If they did, Texas would be in the national playoff conversation every single year. The reason Alabama wins is the same reason Iowa State wins. It's the nucleus. It's what is your culture? What is your defined process? And I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, a lot of folks overthink the room, and when they hear Matt Campbell talk about this process over results mentality and the grind and day by day, folks don't think that can be the secret formula. There's no way that can be the secret formula because any idiot could figure that out. You're right. Any idiot could figure that out. The secret for success is so basic in life and in football. It's so simple, but it's not shortcutish. <laughs> there's no there's no easy way to implement that culture. You got to do it the hard way. And it's really hard. That's when that's why when you get on top, it's even harder up there because then a lot of folks have to turn over their blueprint because they relied on doubt and disrespect and and people picking against them and us against the world to get there. Well, uh-oh. Well, now everyone believes in us. How do we stay on top? Well, that's not the way that the best programs are wired. You can't do it and sustain. And so when Matt Campbell, I can guarantee you this now, just as much as I'm talking about the limited resources, but the maximizing of results at Iowa State, just as much as he's done that at Iowa State, if he ever takes a bigger job, one of the first things he's going to have to do when he walks in is he's going to have to say, I don't care that you just raised my salary by 115%. 
I don't care that you're giving me the budget for this army of off-field analysts. I, I love the facility upgrades that you've promised me. I, I love this logo on my polo here and the tradition and history it represents, but I cannot come in here and in exchange for all that, install a microwave mentality. I've got to install the oven. It's the only way I know how to do it. There is no amount of money that allows you to bypass what the process is and the formula for success. You can't do it. He gets that at Iowa State, and he gets left alone at Iowa State. And that's probably one of the hidden benefits of a program like that is, you know, when you're at the University of Tennessee, for example, it's really hard when those folks are invested to the financial degree they are to look them in the eye and say, going to need three years, guys. Give me three years. No, we're not giving you three years. Malzahn was in a national title game in his first year. Why in the world is it going to take you three years? Don't let the outliers become the standard would be my first piece of advice. But secondly, Iowa State is a model that should be followed a lot closer. And it's not about winning the press conference. And it's not about necessarily uh, having the best icing. It's about having the cake to put the icing on. They got the cake to put the icing on. A lot of these programs, they invest in the icing and then wonder why they're seven and six. You're seven and six, you don't have any cake. You got a bunch of sauce. You don't have steak. So that is that probably exhausts the amount of food metaphors that I can use for the rest of February because I give myself a quota and we're at it right now. And fortunately, we're at the end of the show too. So um, just some thoughts I had there about Iowa State and to give me a uh, give me a reason to pull the t-shirt out too. So remember, tomorrow morning, the transfer portal rankings will be unveiled on 247sports.com. Also want to remind you, follow me on Twitter at LateKickJosh. We... Uh, We'll probably top 13K either tonight or tomorrow. When we do that, you will have details. I will put them out probably on the Twitter account. I'll also talk about them on the podcast Tuesday morning. And so a lot of things to look forward to. Don't ever say off-season. Don't ever say it. It doesn't exist around here. For Director Emeritus Colin and our entire crew in Connecticut working tirelessly tonight, I'm Josh Pate. Thank you so much for watching The Late Kick. Have a great start to your week. We'll see you back here Thursday, and God bless.